Welcome to the Artistic Finance Podcast, where we break down the wall between art and money. If you're here looking for how to be an artist and financially sustain a career, you're in the right place. Keep listening and join us as we learn about artists and how they make money work for them. Hello, everyone. This is your host, Ethan Steimel, here for episode 50. Today's episode could change your life. Our guest is Damien Lupo, whose mission is to free a million people from financial bondage using a combination of financial literacy and a strategy called the EQRP that allows investors to control their retirement money and get off of the Wall Street roller coaster. He is the best-selling author of 12 books on personal finance, host of the Financial Underdogs podcast, and has owned more than 50 companies. He is also the founder of his own martial art, Yokido. Damien is also a professional investor with decades of real-world experience that started with the purchase of his first rental using a Visa card advance, a move that snowballed into 150 rental houses in less than five years. In 2008, he lost the whole $20 million business only to bounce back and recreate his wealth in five years. Before we get to our discussion, let me mention two things. First, Damien mentions Coinbase, the cryptocurrency app. If you want to set up an account, visit the show notes or our website and use my referral code. We both get a tiny bit of Bitcoin if you do. Second thing, we are in a funding campaign for artistic finance. We are looking to sign up 50 producers to the show on Patreon, and we're looking to do that by May 5th, our Cinco de Mayo special. You can find out about that special episode and how to catch it live by listening to our previous bonus episode, the Artistic Finance 5K. We're going to invest $5,000 amongst five asset classes and track them for a year. Yes, you get a full year to check out my assets. If you want to vote on what assets we're going to purchase, become a patron at any level and vote before May 5th. That's also when the $3 producer level goes away. So join before then to access everything at that price. Early access to episodes, a private podcast feed, first dibs on tickets to future live shows, and most importantly, keeping this resource free for everyone else. Join up at patreon.com slash artistic finance. Links to everything we talk about is in the show notes and on our website, artisticfinance.com. We are recording this on March 31st, 2021, Amidst the COVID-19 pandemic, the Black Lives Matter slow burn across the world, and a surge in awareness and public outcry against hate crimes toward Asian Americans. That is our backdrop. Without further ado, let's get to our interview. Welcome, Damien, to the podcast. Good to be here, Ethan. Thanks for having me. Could you give us a brief introduction of who you are and maybe connect that into the QRP conversation we're going to have? Yeah, so I'm a, I'm a serial entrepreneur, grew up in Alaska. Last real job up there was dodging polar bears in the Arctic Circle, trying to not get eaten when I was taking out the trash. And and from there, I, I, I kicked out of college once, uh, left three times, and started 50 companies. And during that process, I had a lot of real estate investments. So I became a professional real estate investor from the late 90s into the 2000s. Made a ton of money, bought a Ferrari, made had a $20 million portfolio that turned into negative five which means I had a $25 million swing in 12 months. So I've been through everything, I think. I mean, I say that and then tomorrow something's going to happen. I'm going to go, wow, I didn't know that could happen. So 
you know, I've, this is not theory for me. The stuff that I do, it's all based on practical application and being really bald, which is my scar tissue uh, wisdom certificate. And, and that's, that's kind of where I, where I landed on the, on the other side of the, the um, losing 25 million in, in 2008. I, I started looking at everything a little differently and, and just asking questions like, why am I working so hard for the money? And is, it, is that the mission? I realized there was a mission that was more important, which was to help people break their financial bondage. Because to me, money is modern day slavery. We don't understand it and it keeps us trapped. So I thought, well, I'm going to do something about this. I don't know what to do about it. And about a decade ago, I, I started looking at tax code and realized there was something that was missing that most of the $35 trillion in retirement accounts was trapped in Wall Street systems and people didn't really know how to do anything else. So that led me to, to you know, on a journey where I ended up writing a book called the QRP book and, and really developed some neat stuff that gives people control of their retirement accounts to be able to do all sorts of fun stuff, whether it's real estate or crypto or, or whatever. And, and now we have, we're closing in on a billion dollars worth of assets that our owners, our clients have control of, which, you know, Wall Street doesn't care too much about a billion dollars, but I know our, our clients sure care about those dollars that they now control. That's amazing. So we're going to dive into the QRP situation, but just a couple questions I ask because this is an artistic podcast as well. What is a live event that you like to experience as an audience member? Um, I mean, a live event, I think my favorite live event. So I do, I've done a lot of real estate events where I go out as a participant. My favorite is, is the Red Rocks in, in Colorado where I saw Josh Groban right before the, the pandemic. Like that was my favorite, probably my favorite concert ever just because the environment <laughs> and it's Josh Groban. Like, how do you not love the guy, right? That's awesome. And I think you've covered this already with financial personality. Are you good or bad with money? Usually I'm good now because I've been so bad. And it's, it's, like, it's like knowing what love means because you've been in so much pain because you've been hurt. If you don't have the contrast, how do you know? And so being really bad, like going out and buying a Ferrari and insisting that the bank give you a $140,000 loan and then taking six days to get arrested and, and wasting hundreds of thousands on the car, like those are probably bad decisions if, when I look back at them, but I'm glad I did them because it taught me a lot. So if we can learn the lessons from the money stuff, then I don't know that there's necessarily a bad thing to do with money unless you're stupid enough to be on a merry-go-round doing it over and over again, and then you're an idiot. I have a question that I ask all the guests on the podcast, and it is sort of, what does your retirement look like? And I assumed that I knew everything, IRA, 401k, pension, SEP IRA, simple we did an episode on real estate and I had Matt Pacheni on and I said, what does your retirement look like? And he says, oh, I have a EQRP. I have never heard of this thing. And I started asking him questions. And finally he said, all right, look, I don't actually know. You need to go talk to Damien. <laughs> After the episode with Matt, I went and looked up QRP and I got to Investopedia and it does have a definition, but it is mostly it just says it's a retirement account. So there's no real details. So somebody needs to make that Investopedia article more thorough. So I tried to figure it out, and now I'm going to talk to you about it. Could you give us a brief just explanation of what is a QRP? Generally, when people are saying the word QRP, even though we own that word, it's a registered trademark, what they're generally talking about is qualified retirement plans. So the actual QRP, not a QRP, but the QRP and the EQRP are specialized types of retirement accounts that we created. They are not, they're not fancy names for something else as a, a synonym or something else. And, and there's confusion on the internet about this because people say, well, it's the same thing as this or that. And that's frankly a lie. And what, what it is, the EQRP is something that was specifically built that I created. 
and it was created a decade ago and and it's it's been rolled out in different forms so it's a type of a retirement account that lives in the 401 section of the tax code so you mentioned iras those live in the 408 section so when people are like well who cares and i'm like well here, here's why you should care because there's different rules and different things you can do with them certain different amounts you can put in them and ultimately the eqrp gives you the most control the most options the most money you can put in them and and it's and it's set up to be private and liability protected so there's there's all this upside. And yet, like you said, I've never heard of this. Why did I not know about this? Because custodians and IRA companies are a $10 trillion industry. They're not going to go tell you about something that's going to take the stuff away from them. Wall Street, who knows, hundreds of trillions of dollars in that system. They're certainly not going to tell you how to take away all the AUM, which is the assets under management. They're going to make sure that you know how to invest your money by giving it to them. That's, that's the entire system. So this is a way for people to actually have control of it. The EQRP is the enhanced qualified retirement plan that Matt has and, and our clients have. And it works for people, whether they're by themselves, whether they're doing a side hustle, whether they have 50 employees, it's, it's dynamic enough to where it works for anybody that actually wants to do something other than mutual funds. Okay. So in preparation for this, because I wanted to know more, I read your QRP book. Good job, man. I, I took notes and I think I have a pretty good idea, but I have a bunch of specific questions I'm going to ask you. The one thing I'll say is when we get through this, I'm going to ask you for the negatives of the QRP totally. because you lay out all these advantages of them. I sort of walk away feeling silly for not having one. And it's almost like I would be crazy not to get a QRP. Right. So yeah. first of all, you give a history of it. It's been around for 40 years or so. The advantages of the QRP is where I'm going to focus mostly here. So you say there's no stock fees. Can you expand on that? When you have a qualified plan, specifically the EQRP, because that is the, the uniquest thing. There's a lot of companies that will try to sell you a, a what they'll call a QRP, which means they're violating intellectual property. But there, there's got to be some narrowing. When you've got an EQRP, there's you don't have any type of transaction fees for whatever you're doing. You don't have any if you're if you're buying real estate or you're you're buying gold or whatever you're doing, there are no fees that the plan charges. If you go to a bank and you say, hey, I want to wire something, you may have a wire fee. If you go buy a stock, a broker might charge you a fee, but the plan doesn't charge anything. And that's that's the huge difference. There's not internal fees that the administrator of the plan is charging. If you had a, let's say, a quote unquote normal 401k, I'm talking big company 401ks, there, I was just talking to a doctor that has $150,000 in his 401k and he dug into it. He got charged $6,000 in fees last year. You think about that. That's 4%. And people say, oh, there's no fees. Bull crap, there's no fees. And that was just his money sitting there. So it's it, you choose whether you want any fees for your stuff that you're doing. It's, it's what you're doing with your money, how you're investing it. But it's not built in. You're not stuck with fees. You have, you have a $500 a year fee for the plan to be maintained. That's flat. There's nothing else that, that we're going to charge for all the compliance and giving you control of your money, though. Okay, so there's something called UBIT, unrelated business income tax. And then there's another term you, that I learned that you throw around called UDFI, U-D-F-I, which is unrelated debt financed income tax. What are those taxes and how do they play into this? I'm going to use UDFI now going forward. Nobody's ever said that before. That's going to be the Ethan term, <laughs> UDFI. Okay, you're going to get UDFI'd. It's going to be like a ninja thing. <laughs> it's like Googling. <laughs> You'd UDFI. Anyways, UDFI is the unrelated debt finance income. Why this matters to anybody, if you want to invest in real estate, most real estate has debt. The debt is a great part about real estate. And if you use an IRA, you trigger this tax, this UBIT tax you mentioned, the unrelated business income tax. 
what that means is if you go invest, say $100,000 in a, in a apartment or you buy something and it has some debt, in all likelihood, that $100,000, let's say the $100,000 doubles, that hundred, your profit, that $100,000 profit is going to trigger a tax of somewhere around twenty dollars to $25,000 if you used an IRA because of UBIT tax. The EQRP is exempt. So if you doubled your $100,000, all you did was change the checkbook that you used to invest. Same deal, same everything. You don't write a check to the IRS. And people don't realize this is happening because custodians aren't very forthright. They say, oh, talk to your tax accountant. Well, guess what? Most accountants don't know anything about this. And they're like, I don't know. And don't worry about it. But when you get a tax bill for $20,000, there's a whole lot of worry and a whole lot of irritation. And it's quite frankly, you just take it out of the equation. So when you said, I'd be crazy not to have an EQRP, you would be because if you had something else, you're just going to get killed in fees over your lifetime. Okay. And this next advantage, I think, is the strongest advantage to the QRP, which is you can invest in almost any asset. Except art, which I'm sure is going to make you very sad. Son but of a gun. You, look, you could, you could invest in an art gallery. So I'm not saying you can't do art. You just have to do it correctly. People say, I want to invest in wine. And I'm like, great, go invest in a liquor store, but don't go buy the wine because the IRS knows you'd just be hung over and broke when you retired. It's not going to work. You just got to structure it correctly. And, and so there are some things you can't do, like collectibles. You can't flip cars. But really, it gives you... The IRS is funny. They tell you what you can't do. And then it's open season from there. You can't invest with your parents or your kids with your retirement account. You can't invest in collectibles. Other than that, have a good time. It's really interesting, very open. And people are like, wait, I thought I was only allowed to do the five mutual funds that my Fidelity provider told me. That's not true. Okay, another advantage is that IRAs, you can put $6,000 a year in. 401ks, I think it's 18,000. Solo at 401k, which I have, you can actually, I think, go up to this limit that you're talking about with the QRP. You can contribute, if you're single, 65,000. And if you're filing joint taxes, you can put in 57,000. A year? Yeah, I'll go into those, those numbers specifically for 2021. So 2021, it's 6000 for an IRA, 58000 for a 401k if, it's, if you have control of both the elective deferral and the profit sharing piece. If you're just an employee somewhere, and nothing against employees, you know, like I've been an employee too, but you don't have control over the profit sharing. So generally, it's going to be 19500 is your max. If you're over age 50, there's, there's a catch up of 6500 So for one person that did something traditional, they could do maybe 64,500 max. With an EQRP, you have the ability to add spouses in, do things with kids. You could literally have $200,000 being contributed if you had a family and you had a bunch of income. So for high income earners, all of a sudden, unless you're spending everything you make, there's an opportunity here to really take your tax base down and your adjusted gross income and really reduce it. So a lot, lot of options there. And, in, and one of the rules changed January 1st. And you may or may not have run it. It's, not, it's in the new book, in the new 2021 QRP book. But the rule made it so that you can actually set up an EQRP or really any type of 401k. And you can do it for last year and contribute for last year. And you're doing it this year. That's called retroactive tax planning. And that's cool. Like if you made too much money in 2020, you could set up. We just had a bunch of people do this in 2021 where they set up a plan for last year, contributed for last year reduce their income, and then they got additional deductions because they fell into the qualified business income uh, income level. So really cool stuff. So sometimes Congress actually gets something right. This happens to be one of them. Okay, next advantage is that you can borrow $50,000 out of this QRP account. Can you explain how? Yeah, the $50,000 loan is, is built into, it's built into some 401ks, not all of them. So an eQRP, some QRPs, uh, that are that are out there. Some type of qualified plans have them. Your solo 401k probably does. 
and it allows you to take up to half or 50,000 and borrow it, whichever is less. So max 50,000 or less, if you have less than that in your total account, you just borrow it. You write yourself a check and then you make payments over five years and you get to pick the interest rate depending on if you have control. In EQRP, you have control of the rate. You want to do two or 3%. That's normal rates right now is really low. So you can choose if you want to charge yourself 10 or 12, why would you charge yourself 10 or 12? It's a backdoor way to get more money into your plan because that interest is going right back in almost like a contribution. So when you said, well, what's the max you can put in? Most people, it's 58,000. If you borrowed 50,000 and charged yourself 10%, that's an extra $5,000 kind of a contribution every year. So if you think of it that way, it's kind of a cool extra juicer. Something else that you said was you, you, you say this a lot that you have checkbook control of your funds. And that was, I was getting frustrated because I didn't quite understand what you meant by that. But I think I now, I finally got there and I figured it out, which means that you are the trustee of this account. So you don't have to rely on anyone else to go to and say, hey, can you give me a disbursement? Is that right? That, that's, yeah, that's part of it because what, like you'd mentioned, you have a solo 401k. You can go get a solo 401k like a Schwab. You don't really have control like you do with an EQRP. So it's, and people are like, well, why would, wait. So what's the difference here? Well, one, Schwab is free. And so you get what you pay for. And so like you can get a free Schwab account. And then you, if, if you want to get something, if you look at their forms, it's actually kind of funny. It'll say, if you want to do something outside of stocks, bonds, mutual funds, submit this form. We'll let you know our decision if we're going to let you do it with your money within four to six weeks. That's when they let you know. That's not when they fund. And so I like, I go, that's not control. With an EQRP, you actually have a checkbook with a private name on there that's totally anonymous and invisible to the public. You have a checkbook. You go, you want to invest, write a check. You want to wire, you can wire. It takes you five minutes. So you actually have control. It's very weird for people because we're not used to having control. We're used to having overlords being like serfs where we have to beg for access to anything. Okay, so one, my solo 401k is through ShareBuilder and they charge me $200 a year. EQRP for 500, yeah, it's more. But trade-off is probably a good good idea. If you, if you wanted control, like if you actually wanted to do something, other, if, if you are getting everything you want, yours may be better for you. It's just really dependent. And you, so, I mean, kind of jumping into the negatives, it depends on if you just wanted to have shares or whatever these different companies have, then you wouldn't necessarily need anything that the EQRP offered because it's going to give you a lot more options. So it may be totally inappropriate and cost you more money that you'd waste. So- not for everybody. I, I just want to push back a hair on that because the solo 401k, I only have certain options. If I had a QRP, I could invest in the same things, right? But I could choose any stock or any ETF. It wouldn't be limited to sort of the mutual funds that they present me. All, all these plans do that we set up give you more options. They don't take anything away. And that's that's the difference. So that was a, that was a very healthy positive pushback. So yeah, you're totally right. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, okay. This other one makes QRP sound like a scam to me. So explain this. No taxes for 100 years. So depending on how you, how you structure it, if you use the Roth account, you could build, you could build a plan. You could build an, a, a qualified plan. We have people that have kids. So they, their kids have plans. They pay their kids 12,000 bucks a year. Their kids take that money. It's not taxed for the kids. The parents get a deduction, and then that 12000 goes into their Roth EQRP. The kids are five or six years old. So, okay, the next 80 years, 90 years, probably they're going to be 90. And so they get this thing, it grows tax-free, and they take it out when they're retired, it's tax-free. Or whatever's left in there then go, goes to their heirs. Their heirs have another 10 years to spend it. So you can literally have 100 years worth of tax-free growth. I mean, wealthy families 
are not paying taxes. Why? Because they actually understand the rules. And it's not because they're super complicated. They just know people don't know this stuff. Like you said, you're a smart guy and you didn't know about this until Matt bumped into you. So that's that you're not going to see this mainstream. It's it's fortunately we have podcasts. We have guys like you that are out there shedding light on all this stuff. Okay. So the Roth part, can you have a traditional QRP and then can you have a Roth QRP or is it only Roth? So, so the eQRP actually has both inside of it. So it's, it's built with both of them. You, you have everything together and, and that's a, another difference. Like if you set it up, set up a, say a solo account, you may have one. It may, it's generally not going to have Roth. Like it's very limited. It's very niche. Like most companies want to give you one thing and give you limited options, makes their life easy and they can put you in a box. We burned the box down. Like, okay, do whatever you want. If it's legal, you got options to do it. My 401k, my solo one, it's a Roth solo 401k. So if I opened a QRP, I could put that in. And then I have a small SEP IRA that's uh, not a Roth. So I could also put that into the QRP and have both of them or both those funds available. Yeah, you would, you would split it and, and have them in different accounts. You'd have two different checking accounts, two different brokerage accounts, whatever you wanted so that you can keep them isolated. The, the rules are that you need to keep track of it. A lot of people blob all their stuff together with it, which I think is insane because you're asking for a nightmare trying to audit that stuff. But yeah, you just keep them as two separate accounts and they're, and they're eligible. So the, the, there are a lot of firms that talk about QRP. Like, you know, when you're saying QRP, they don't necessarily have the same things because people, and people get confused. They look up, there's a bunch of firms, a bunch of information. They're like, okay, QRP, it doesn't necessarily mean we're talking about the same thing. QRP generally means all these accounts, all the 401ks, the eQRP, the solo accounts. And so it's a broad umbrella. So people will get confused. I can tell you for certain what the eQRP has because we're the only ones that do it. And so that's, it's really important that people are like, well, what's included? And, and so maybe with a generic QRP that somebody is calling their, so basically it's mostly a solo 401k, they're calling a QRP. If that's the case, they're probably going to get a lot of these things, but they're not going to have everything. The QRP that we create, the reason I keep saying that is, is not because I'm, you know, I want to say EQRP and you say QRP, it's because it's specific and we own the intellectual property and I know how it's built. And so there's nothing else that's out there that could say, oh, we're the same thing. I'm like, no, you're not. It never have been. So Yeah, well, that was confusing me. And I did find that when I searched for EQRP, I got better answers, but I wasn't sure. So the E is enhanced QRP. What exactly is it? Because to me, it seems like the enhanced QRP is what you should do or, or I would do if I were going to do it. hundred percent. It, there's no reason to do a generic thing unless you want to be broke and you want to be by yourself. And I and I, be, I say that very specifically because you have to be by yourself and basically be broke. Like the reality is anytime you're going to build wealth, you're going to have a team. And, and teams generally include part-time, full-time people. You cannot have either one of those with a generic solo 401k or with generic with Q, people, what people are calling QRPs. The enhanced qualified retirement plan allows you to have part-time, full-time, 50 people if you wanted. It's built. It's dynamic. It's a different product. And, and I've, I've gotten pretty, pretty rigid and pretty brutal about just calling out these companies. I'm not going to name them, but there are a number of companies that would like to say everything is the same. That's like saying every car is the same. Have you seen a Ferrari or a Tesla compared to a Ford? Give me a break. They're different things. They all have tires, kind of where it ends. So that's you got to really look at the differences and there are differences like how it's built. You've got liability protections inside an EQRP that you don't have in a solo plan in many of what they call QRPs. You don't have the same liability protections in an IRA. They're limited and you can never hire even a part-time person. So why in the world would anybody want to restrict themselves to staying small? It is hard to build up wealth by yourself. 
I mean, like ask anybody that has any type of financial freedom. They had a team. Like they always have a team. Okay, so the last advantage was this consolidation you're talking about. So if I were to open up one of these plans, would I take my Roth IRA, my Roth 401k, and my SEP IRA and and put that all in? Or would I keep those separate and just start contributing to the QRP? There's literally no reason for you to keep all these separate accounts. It simplifies your life. It consolidates it. You, You now have everything in one place with all the options versus limited options for some of your money. We've had people coming in with with like 14, literally 14 different accounts. And they're like, oh yeah, and then there's this one and then there's that orphan. And I'm like, this is like, Daddy Warbucks with Orphan Annie, you got kids, you know, like all these orphans all over the place. And it, and it doesn't really give you any power, but when you consolidate, imagine what happens. You've got this big pile. You can start doing some serious work on your financial freedom. Damien, I really appreciate all the work you've done to explain this, create this. My big negative here is that I'm the kind of guy that at a social gathering, I say things like, oh, you know about modern monetary theory, right? Oh, let's talk about it. Or I'll say, oh, yeah, we were mentioning Jesus. You do know there's no historical evidence for that, right? You can drink wine when you're pregnant. That These are the kinds of subjects and topics that I bring up. And then people leave and they think, man, that Ethan is absolutely crazy without ever going and looking up, you know, and finding out about this stuff to realize that I'm not completely crazy. To me, QRP is just another one of those things that I'm going to be at a gathering and I'm going to mention it. And people are just going to look at me like I'm absolutely crazy. Do people react that way to you? No, people go, oh, my God. Oh, my. They, they literally have their heads blown up. Like, and, and that's the normal reaction. Here, here's, there's three phases. It's super funny because I've done this in, I don't know, hundreds of events where I'll watch an audience. And they go from phase one of total disbelief. Like, there's no way this can be real. There's not true. And then they get really mad. Phase two, they're like, why didn't I know about this 10 years ago? And then phase three is, how soon can you get this damn thing going? Because I want this thing. I want it yesterday. So everybody goes through that. So at a cocktail party, people are going to look like look at you like you have two heads. And then they're going to be like, wait a second. So you're telling me I can take my retirement account and do things other than just mutual funds? And you're like, yeah. And they're going to be like, that's weird. Why haven't I heard it? So they're going to ask the same questions you're asking. People generally don't look at you and go, you're crazy, and then leave like you just told them that, you know, that Jesus doesn't exist. Like That's not what happens here. This is a different experience. Usually people are like, are you lying to me? Are you, are you punking me, Ethan? Like, what's happening right now? Like, and and generally they go, I want to know more about this because people do want to know how to control their financials, their financials, and and not be stuck, you know, with their, their uh, the thumb of the man on their head. How do I open one? Like, could I just go to a bank right now and say I want to open up a QRP or eQRP, even though it's your thing? No, the so. The, the plan itself is, has a number of different layers and entities in it. So those are all that we build all those. It's, it's not just one document. And, and so that's one of the differentiators. It has multiple layers. There's multiple EINs involved. We build everything. So you engage us, the EQRP company, to build the EQRP. Like, pretty confusing, right? Like, what does the EQRP company do? Oh, they make the EQRP. It's like, what does Coca-Cola do? Hey, they make Coca-Cola. You know, like... So it's hopefully that's not confusing to anybody. But anyways, the that's how you, you once you do that, your your bank account is included. We set up the bank account. We help you get your money, your assets moved over. At the end of the process, in about ten days, you have your assets and your money in a bank account, and you have wire and checkbook control of that money. And you're going to sit there and go, "This seems too easy." I guarantee you, that's what the reaction is going to be. That's what people say. And I'm like, well, yeah, it takes a lot of brain damage to make something simple. Most of the people who listen to this show are artists, which matters because they're probably getting 1099 income. 
So I think automatically they're going to be able to contribute to a QRP. Who can open a QRP or an eQRP? So the rules are anybody that has any type of business, including your own business, if you're 1099, it's really open to anybody. And, and, you, and so somebody says, well, wait, I'm a, I'm a doctor or I have a job with a W-2. Great. Let's set up something on the internet. I mean, one page on a website that you can set up an eBay store and you're qualified. It doesn't take that much. What it takes is a choice. Do you want to be responsible about your money? Good. Here's how we do it. There, that's one of those things where people will argue. And I'm like, I know what the IRS says. I wrote the damn book on it. I get it. So if you want to do it, it's el you're eligible and you just follow the rules. But it's really, just, it's meant for, for, a, for a company. And you as a sole proprietor, as an artist, that's what you are. You start off, you, you make something, you create something, you build something, you paint something. You're a sole proprietor. That's your default. It is a company. It's a, it's a legitimate company that's, that's recognized by the IRS and it qualifies. If I'm just fresh out of college and it's time for me to get real and open up a retirement account, can I open a QRP? and put in $1,000? Or does that amount not make sense to be paying the $500 a year for this account? So this is a great answer that I'm going to give you. It depends. And it's, it's been, you hear people say that, like accountants and attorneys all the time. Well, it depends. And that's, it's true because it's not one size fit all. It's all. When I first started my real estate stuff, the first house I bought required $6,000. I did not have $6,000. I was like the example. Um, like I had maybe a thousand. And so I took a $6,000 cash advance not suggesting or condoning that you should take a cash advance to fund a retirement account. That's probably a stupid idea. But the point of that is that I took the 6,000, bought a, a, a rental house and turned it into 150 rental houses over five years. So if I had, and if, if I had asked somebody and, and they said, no, it's not enough money because you really don't have any, then what I would have done is missed the opportunity to build my 20 million tax-free. And so the question is, what are you going to do? Like if you're just, if you're going to go and, and you're going to, you want mutual funds, for some reason, then it wouldn't make any sense to do this. You just throw it into a, you know, a Schwab IRA or something, or even just like, it doesn't matter. Like it wouldn't, but if you're thinking about things, if you wanted to go buy Bitcoin, this would be a really good idea because you could see your stuff 10 X and you're going to get 10 X taxed if you don't use a shelter. And so it really depends on what you're going to do. And that's part of the interaction we have with people is mapping out a strategy and making sure that it is an appropriate fit because it's not for everybody. I wish I had talked to you just a little bit sooner because I'm going to do an experiment on the podcast where I'm going to take $5,000 and split it into $1,000 chunks and invest in five different assets and sort of track them over a year. And 1000 is going to go into cryptocurrency. So if I had my QRP set up in time, I could do it through that. Oh, well. There's a, a lot of us that have used this and, and like I've been in the crypto space for a number of years and, and having seen certain things like... Bitcoin, first time I played with it was it was at $600 a coin. Now it's 100 times more. And I'm not smart. I was just trying to get a cup of coffee and frog. And that's all they took was Bitcoin. So I had to figure out Bitcoin. And, and, and so when you think about these things, we're going through a transformation with our financial system. And if you don't understand that, you're going to get run over by it. If you do understand it, you need to understand that if you're in front of it, you're probably going to get taxed to death. So it's really important to make sure that you're using the right structures. If I open this account and then next year tax time rolls around, does eQRP send me a statement or something that I can take to my accountant? Or do I have to sort of figure out all the tax documents within whatever those assets are in the account and then take that to the accountant? So the eQRP, so we do everything. We do all the, the, the doc preparation, the compliance filings, doing everything. We've got our, our in-house TPA, a third-party administrator. So we do everything. If you have complex ERISA questions, which is what created these things back in the early 70s, we've got 
staff attorneys. So whatever you need, it's included. And it, you don't have to go figure it out and you don't have to go pay an accountant to do anything else. It's all comprehensive. So it makes your life simple. Okay, we're running out of time. So I'm just going to ask this one final question about QRPs, which is what are the disadvantages? There have to be some. Yeah, you can literally do anything you want. Meaning if you have the checkbook, you can go buy a Ferrari and that is not, I mean, it, you could do disqualified stuff. I'm saying you literally legitimately logistically can do it, not legally, but you can do it and you can get yourself into trouble. So if you're reckless, like if you love skydiving and figuring out if you have a shoot on your way down out of the plane, this is not a good idea for you because your recklessness will blow up your plan. You'll get audited. You'll, and, and there are people that need people. If you're too nervous, you're going to have access to your stuff. You're going to freak out and say, I don't know what to do. And, and so it's more of an emotional and psychological question than it is, you know, somebody qualified or whatever. It's, it's a question of, do you feel like you're going to know and love and respect your money more than anybody else? And if you do, then this is likely a really good candidate for you to consider. If you are one of these people that says, I, I just need somebody to tell me what to do. Don't do this. Okay. So wrapping up here, what financial advice would you Damien give yourself back when you started your career or advice would you give to somebody else who's just starting out now? Get in the game, whatever the game is. Get in the game with real money. Don't be paper trading. Don't be talking about it at cocktail parties. Do something. Like next time somebody says, hey, you know what? Have you done Bitcoin? And you're like, no. Grab your phone, download Coinbase, and buy yourself $100 or $1,000 of Bitcoin. Get in the game and do it as fast as possible. Make the mistakes faster because you'll learn faster. Life is too short and people don't regret the things that they did. They regret the things they didn't do or how long it took them to do stuff. So the best financial advice is go out there and do it. And don't do the merry-go-round where you're like, oh yeah, I invest $5,000 a year into an S&P 500. You're not learning anything. You're not getting smarter. You're not getting stronger. You're not going to be free. People come to me all the time and they go, I've got, you know, I've got $2 million and it's in, in the stock market and I'm scared. I'm 50 years old and I don't know how to recreate that. And what if I lose it? They have no skill set and they've been tricked into thinking if they have a pile of money in a brokerage account, then they're somehow free. The truth is they're more stranded and scared than they would have been if they had no money because now they're at 50, they're 30 years into it. They can't restart. So it's it's about learning through this process, which you I think you have to put money into something to learn effectively. If you don't put money, it doesn't really matter because there's no energy. Totally. And that's why I'm going to put that $5,000 into things awesome. so that we, we actually have a vested interest tracking that over the year and we'll see what we learn. Love it. What can you and I do to stress the importance of finance savings and perhaps QRPs to other people in this world? As we go forward, the federal government is broke. Our system is broke. The monetary system is broke. And what does that mean? It means taxes are going to go up and people are going to be looking for more ways. I'm talking about politicians, our favorite people in D.C. and state houses, especially D.C. They're going to be looking for ways to get more of your stuff and then redistribute it however they see fit into wars and butter. And so what do you need to do? You need to find ways to not be giving up all your damn money to the government. How do you do that? The Roth account, especially the Roth EQRP, is the best chance you have at not getting destroyed as tax rates go up. So if anything, do yourself a favor and make sure you do what Mitt Romney did, which is called a $100 million account. You don't need $100 million, But if it's good enough for Mitt, it ought to be good enough for us, at least financially. The guy's pretty smart. And, and the Roth is probably going to go away. It's my, my guess this decade, the Roth will go away. And people that have it will be grandfathered. So do yourself a favor. Make sure you have one of those in your arsenal of financial tools. Final questions here. Well, actually, with a statement here. There are two kinds of people that are listening to this podcast. There are those people that are now going to go do some research and open an EQRP. And then there's other people who are not going to do that. 
Damien, what separates those people that are going to go open one of these versus those that aren't? It's the same people that have shelf help book. They get a great book that somebody recommended. It goes on their shelf. It doesn't help them. It helps their shelf. And then they end up, you know, these are the people that should all over themselves all the time. They don't actually get it done. They just should. Some people actually care about their life by design and other people are just going to have a default life. And, and so it's, it's the difference between a victim and somebody that blames and somebody that's self-responsibility. The person that comes to us and, and is a good candidate is self-responsible and has a very high likelihood of actually being financially free with their, their shackles broken. The difference is most people are just sheep going on a merry-go-round and it, it takes a choice and a movement. It's hard to pin that down, who that is. But, you know, it's very clear. One's a victim and one's not. <laughs> now, everybody who doesn't go open one of these up is going to be like, I'm a victim. I'm a victim. <laughs> I'm a victim sheep on a merry-go-round, man. This, that guy pisses me off. I don't like him. <laughs> um, Damien, where can people find out more about you? Best place to visit and actually learn about this stuff is eqrp.co. And like you said, you can Google eqrp and you'll go right to the source. Like I always say, look, if you want to understand, go to the source. Don't go and just, and if you really want to go to the source, if you go to eqrp.co, there's a place to get a copy of the book. I'm going to send you a book. It's based on the tax code and it's readable. So you're like, oh my gosh, I'm an artist. I don't want to read. There's animals, there's honey badgers and squirrels. It's very cool. It's very artistic. It's like my inner painter that comes out in finance. It's very strange. And so I would, you'll get a copy of the book. It's on me. I'm, you know, I'm not charging you $7.95 for shipping. I'm just going to give you a copy of the book. It'll also send you when you get that a summation of the book that's about 15 pages. So you're like, cool, I can do this in 10 minutes. You'll get the essence of it. So if you go to eqrp.co, educate yourself. If you don't, if you aren't, like, I mean, you're still on the show. This is 40 minutes in and you're still listening. So clearly you're committed to something. So and go do that. I mean, I'm trying to, I'm trying to give you my money. And, and if you don't want to do anything after that, awesome. But at least give yourself a chance instead of just hoping and smoking a bunch of that hopium. That's not a good strategy. <laughs> when you said you're 40 minutes into the show, I thought you were going to yell at me for being here for 40 minutes without just stopping the interview and going to open a QRP. <laughs> what are you waiting for, Ethan? Let's go. Come on. Like the world is not waiting for you. You got to go. Damien, thank you so much for taking the time to share all this knowledge with me. I, I really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure, man. I was, I, I mean, honestly, I was like, I don't know what I'm getting myself into with you when I got your stuff, your emails. And what I found is that this has been one of my favorite interviews. So you're doing a great job and I appreciate you having me. That was our discussion about QRPs. My takeaways were, this is a helpful retirement vehicle, which gives options other than just what is traded on Wall Street. And this includes being able to invest in real estate and not getting hit with extra taxes. Anyone earning 1099 taxed income can be eligible. One thing we didn't mention is that the income must be earned, but that is the same as any retirement account. My final takeaway is that it requires financial literacy to take advantage of this wealth growing structure. Another way of saying that is that you have to decide for yourself because no financial planner is going to suggest this. You are in control of your life. Don't let finances control you. Let your life, your financial literacy, and your actions control your finances. Since we recorded the interview, I've learned more information and want to clarify some things that you would want to know before opening a QRP. The first thing is that you cannot roll over Roth IRA money into it. You can roll over traditional IRAs and Roth 401ks, but not Roth IRAs. Now information that is specific to Damien's eQRPs. He mentioned that it is a $500 flat fee to maintain the account. That fee begins on the year anniversary of the account being opened, and that rate is guaranteed for 25 years. 
over 25 years, that is $12,500, which might sound like a lot, but currently my individual Roth 401k costs $210 a year for bookkeeping. Additionally, the investments within it, which are low-cost ETFs, cost me $180 a year in fees. That's a total of $390. Over 25 years, that's $9,750. And as my current account grows, those ETF fees grow too, and eventually they will be higher than $500. Not to mention, my current SEP IRA is another account with ETF fees, and I would be able to roll over that SEP IRA and eliminate those fees. And I have a $400 retirement account through IOTSI, which I'm not able to do anything with, it could now be moved from the IATSE infrastructure and toward an investment that I care about. One more thought on fees because I like to know all costs associated with things that I'm going to do. While Damien and I agree that there aren't fees, when you can invest your own money versus being tied to the Wall Street structure, there will still be fees. For example, if you have $50,000 in a QRP and you want to invest in a real estate syndication, there will be a bank transfer fee of $30 or so. Additionally, the people who are putting the syndication together will take their fees and percentage for running the deal. So there are still fees, but with the syndication, you hope to make a more stable and often higher return than the stock market. Not to mention the deals end and you can redeploy the capital rather than just parking it for 30 years. And finally, the big question that we all have how much for the initial setup of the QRP? $4,000. That is more than it costs to open an IRA, which is usually free, and more money than setting up an individual 401k. But we just listened to 40 minutes of what you get in return for that setup fee. And I'm sure that those who are going to go open an eQRP will be happy to pay the fee. While you have to pay that fee up front, once the eQRP is open, you can then use the funds within it to pay yourself back the fee. That is allowable within the tax rules. And additionally, if you file jointly with a partner, that fee covers them if they choose to open one up. Even if they are a W-2 employee now with no need of a QRP, they can do that with no setup fee because it is included in the initial cost. I'd like to answer a question that I asked Damien when we talked, and that was, should someone early in their career, just starting to think about retirement, open an eQRP? Damien said it depends. I agree, and will add that if you are early on in your retirement planning, you know you don't want to park your money in the stock market, and you only have $1,000 to invest, then put that money in a traditional IRA, not a Roth, and once you have an amount you think is worth it, then open the QRP and roll everything over. I did this on a smaller scale when I opened my first IRA in college. I only contributed $25 at a time, and there was a $4.95 fee to purchase stock. So rather than purchasing stock and paying 25% as a fee every time, I waited six months until I had $500 in the account. Then I purchased the stock. Obviously, it was slow moving, but I knew I wanted to be saving for the future and that paying that fee on small amounts didn't make sense. If you want to open an eQRP but the upfront fee doesn't make sense right now, make a plan so that you can benefit in the long run. Okay, that wraps up everything about eQRPs. Two requests before we wrap this episode up. First, if you want to get into cryptocurrency and sign up for Coinbase, visit the show notes or our website and use my referral code. We both get a tiny bit of Bitcoin if you do. Second and final request of you today is to support our funding campaign for artistic finance. 
by becoming a patron. We are searching for 50 people to become producers on our Patreon by May 5th, our Cinco de Mayo special. Find out how to catch that episode live by listening to our previous bonus episode, the Artistic Finance 5K. We're going to invest $5,000 amongst five asset classes and track them for a year. The assets will be a stock market ETF, an individual stock, cryptocurrency, wine, and art. Although the wine thing I need to rethink after my discussion with Damien. If you want to vote on what we're going to purchase, become a patron at any level before May 5th. You'll have access to our poll and be able to give me your stock recommendations. May 5th is also when the $3 producer level goes away, so join before then to access everything at that price. Extended interviews, first dibs on tickets to future live shows, and of course, keeping this resource free for people to find and help them on their financial literacy journey. If we can reach 50 new patrons by May 5th, we will keep releasing new interviews every week. Sign up at patreon.com slash artistic finance. That's it for today. Until next time, break a leg. Thank you for listening to Artistic Finance. Find more information on our website, artisticfinance.com. Please subscribe to our podcast and please leave a rating and review. Artistic Finance is produced in New York City by Nicole and Ethan Steimel. Producing consultant Anne Nigrin Doherty. Graphics and website by Josh Cutler. Music by Chong Liu.